Welcome to Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives airing every Tuesday. I'm Jasmine Ray, an Associate Content Specialist for Health Leaders. My guest for today's episode is Lisa Steiner, CEO and CNO of Clarion Forest Visiting Nurses Association, a nonprofit organization that provides healthcare to patients in their homes. CFVNA works under the direction of a volunteer board of directors consisting of business and community leaders from Clarion and Forest Counties in Pennsylvania. Steiner has been with the organization since 1994 when she began working as a field nurse and case manager. She has served as its CEO and CNO since 2020. During our conversation, Lisa discusses her experience as a rural home health provider with limited resources, efforts she and other local leaders in healthcare are taking to get people interested in healthcare professions, as well as to stay local, and what legislators can do to help bolster smaller, more remote providers. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Lisa. It's nice to speak with you again. You as well. You've had an interesting career in that you began as a critical care nurse and now work in home health. How do you feel your critical care experience prepared you for home health care in a rural setting? I worked with critical care uh, in a small, actually a rural hospital, Clarion Hospital, rural hospital. It was a six bed unit. I did that for six years. And what attracted me to home health was honestly being a nurse, the hours are difficult. It's no, it's no secret. We're working shift work, um, night shift. Um, I became a, a new mom uh, with a 10 month old. I made it 10 months working in critical care. And when she was 10 months old, I thought I cannot continue to do the shifts, getting her up for daycare, waking her up for her naps. My daughter's now gonna be 30 years old this summer. So that's what drew me actually to home health, uh, the family friendly. Um, environment that it offers, the more routine scheduling. So when I actually came to home health, um, the first year I was bored, to be honest with you, Um, was very basic back then, filling MediMinders, doing a basic patient assessment. The wound care wasn't complex. We had an occasional IV patient, occasional feeding to patient. Um, I can honestly 100% tell you I'm not bored any longer. Um, as As I home health, has grown over the years and we're seeing more and more patients coming home that are sicker. Um, Oftentimes I recall one patient that I thought, wow, this is what I would have taken care of in ICU as I was standing in his bedroom and his mom was his primary caregiver. So um, patients are coming home much, much sicker. The wound care has become so complex. Um, We actually have a wound care program here where I have um, certified ostomy and wound nurses. We actually built that into the agency several years ago when we saw the shift um, with patients coming home with more complex wounds. Um, so, so I'm not bored anymore. So my experience in ICU was good um, because what I'm seeing now in home health with the IV therapy, the wounds, the traumas, the burns that we see in home health, that, that critical care background kind of helped me prepare for what we're seeing in home health today. Last year, you and other local healthcare leaders in your community, you formed the Clarion Regional Healthcare Collaborative to correct. get people interested in healthcare professions, but also mm-hmm. to kind of get them to want to stay in the area. 
So right. what are some things that you and other members of the group have kind of learned or maybe even implemented over the last year? Right. So I continue to serve on that committee. Uh, it was spearheaded by local community leaders that have an affiliation with healthcare. Also, our Clarion County Economic Development Committee is very involved in that organization. But we're trying to keep people in small rural towns. Our agency starts Clarion County, Jefferson County, Forest County. All those counties are small dots on the map. So how do we get people to want to stay in rural areas? You know, we have a local university that has a great nursing program. How do we get those young nurses to stay here and want to go into healthcare? Not just nurses, but therapists um, as well. Um, home health aides. Um, you know, those those are crucial uh, team members of our organization. So we continue to meet. We're working on what would draw somebody into healthcare. Um, you know. One of the burdens of living here is, and it's not I don't consider a burden, I consider a privilege, but I guess depending on what you like, we're so we're rural. So I have to, I shop a lot online. I drive an hour to an hour and a half to get to a large shopping facility. Internet's always not great in some of the areas where we live or we don't have it at all. So those, those are things we're working on. So the collaborative team, to get back to that, we, we are working with our commissioners trying to figure out what to do to get broadband here quicker, working with cell, cellular services to get service here for staff. You know, if you can work from home, that's great. But if you live in some of these rural counties, you can't do that because you don't have high-speed internet, you don't have hotspots. So that is a problem here. Transportation is another problem. So we've worked on, you know, getting transportation, having, right now the collaboration, collaborative committee is working on, you know, having good training programs for our staff here that we don't have access to. So we're working on that right now. So those are, those are some things the committee is working on. You know, uh, we're working on trying to find funding to get, you know, how can we get AIDS to be interested in becoming nurses? So we're working on that as well. And I'm proud to be part of that community effort because it's just not one organization, it's all the healthcare here. I don't need a nursing home right now, but you know what, my, I might someday. Working with the local vocational programs, I think it's getting these ki kids geared in the right direction towards healthcare. Why, why would you wanna be in healthcare? So we're working with the local Votex to try to promote marketing. Like why would you wanna become a healthcare provider? Those are just some of the things on our agenda for the collaborative committee. Kind of going back to partnering with the local university, mm -hmm. I know that you have medical students kind of do their clinical rotation. Right. They can shadow one of right. your nurses. So what are some outcomes that you're hoping to see in the local post-acute setting because sure. of this? Right. We have actually seen those outcomes. Um, and if I get one student out of 100 that loves this rotation at my agency and wants to come work for us, that's a positive outcome. And I actually have two nurses on staff right now um, who are registered nurses that rotated with our agency from the local university that enjoyed their experience so much uh, they, they came to work for us. So uh, that's what I'm hoping to gain. Clarion Hospital is a teaching hospital and they have a residency program. So we actually rotate the residents. They re rotate one day with our home health team and one day with our hospice team. So just in doing that, and I will always continue to do that, we, to get, you know, get physicians to stay here. What's so great about living in a rural community? Everybody knows everybody. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad, but we've seen a lot of positive outcomes, just neighbors taking care of neighbors. I, that's our slogan here at the Clearing Force VNA, neighbors taking care of neighbors. Um, and boy, when you see a familiar face walk into your house 
and you know that's your neighbor that really, really cares about you and they're not driving two hours and you don't know who this person is walking into your home to pack a wound or to administer an IV or, you know, help you in your dying process, you know, when it's somebody you recognize that comes into your house that becomes part of your your family for several weeks or several months even, or helps you experience that journey to, to death. You know, it's, it's, it's helpful when you know who that person is walking into your home. And those are the positive things about, you know, living in a rural community. Lastly, like in our previous interview, we discussed or we touched on the need for policymakers specifically to take action on issues affecting aging services. Like we're starting to see bills being developed or even, you know, pushed for legislation to be voted on. Are you seeing anything that specifically targets rural healthcare providers to kind of help bolster your resources? Or is there anything that you would like to see? Well, you know, to be honest, I think CMS is starting to to understand rural healthcare, but it's just, it's a slow push. Is it, is it going to be quick enough? Are those actions going to be quick enough to save us? That's my concern. It's my dad is 78 years old, soon to be 79, the end of this month. He cannot drive two hours to the city, to our nearest city to have complex surgery. And I'm not even saying complex. I'm going to say open heart surgery. If my dad would have to have it, you know, Lord forbid, or be in a accident, Um, so that's huge in this area of transportation, you know, getting them there. We don't have Uber service here. We have no Ubers in Clarion or Forest County. We have a couple taxi services, but financially people can't afford to, to pay that, to drive, to drive to the city two hours away. So those are, and actually what we see here, honestly, is we'll have patients that are life blighted or sent to a larger city hospital, and then trying to make those follow-up appointments for them is very, very difficult because transportation is an issue. So I, I guess um, CMS is starting to recognize it to answer your question. I just hope that they will move fast enough to save us, to save rural health care. MedPAC is pro- uh, proposing in 2024 a 7% cut to home health agencies. I'm not sure how our agency or any agency is going to survive that. You know, we compete with large for-profit organizations, you know, the concern now we see with the inflation rates, you know, I have that family oriented vibe here that we want to continue, which we, I will work very hard to continue. You know, that's 7% cut. Right now, my main focus is I cannot relax knowing that that cut's coming and to figure out how to stay afloat as a small rural nonprofit organization that has been in business and provided quality care for, for well over 40 years. And just the thought of that all going away, it, it's, it's physically makes me ill and I lose a lot of sleep just thinking about 2024 and what's to come. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing your expertise on the podcast. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.